0: hello hello welcome back to believe you are a good mom and guess what i have another amazing special guest today so this is my first master certified life coach guest so you can (laughs) um claim special for that no joke okay candace toon is here if you're watching on spotify you can even see her in the video on band on brand with her bees back there. It's so fun. So Candace is a relationship expert and like I said, master coach. She helps people with their marriages. Mm -hmm. And I love how she says that um uh stop wondering if you've married the wrong guy. Is that still kind of your thing? Yeah, that's my thing. Help women stop wondering if they married their own guy. Nice. (laughs) And then oh I stole this from your podcast. So the intro says start putting all your energy towards having the marriage you imagined when you said I do. That's and right. I really love that because that's what I do with parenting. Because before mm-hmm. you're a parent, you're a perfect parent, right? <laughs> you imagine you know all, the, all the things, you imagine how it's going to be, and then you have kids and it's a whole different ballgame. What? That was not supposed to go that
1: way. <laughs> yeah. So a
0: lot of the same coaching tools we use for parenting as with marriage, I imagine. And it sounds like yeah, totally. binging your podcast this weekend. So, Okay. I'm done talking. You tell us. Introduce yourself. Tell us all about yourself. Whatever you want to say. Hey,
1: okay. awesome. Hi, everybody. I'm Candace Tan. Like she said, I am a master certified life coach through the Life Coach School. But before that, I was a marriage and family therapist. I've always wanted to work in the realm of marriages, and I have been doing it for quite a while, almost twenty years. Always wanted okay. to, or since you were married. Always. Like I was a marriage and family therapist before I got married. Before
0: you even were married.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um. I think. I might've been in school for it then, but it's, I'm confused about the timeline, but I always have wanted to be in the psychology world. I was a school counselor to begin with, and then I went back and got a second master's degree to do marriage and family therapy. So I've always been in the counseling realm. I love it. I have been married for 12 years. I've got three kids. Um, my son's 10, and then my daughters are eight and five, and I just love coaching and I love Emily. So I'm excited to hang out with all of you. Nice. So,
0: um. 12, 10, and five, is that what you said? 10.
1: Oh, 10, 10, ten seven,
0: eight, eight, and five. Oh my gosh. I totally wasn't listening. Okay, say it okay. one more time.
1: <laughs> no problem. Um. So say it one more time. How old's ten, my old is the oldest? My son is 10 and then I have a daughter okay. that actually she just barely turned nine and then five is my youngest I
0: know, daughter. they change ages all the time. Like, I know, it's rude. Back. It's hard to keep up with. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so my oldest is eight now and I feel like I'm phasing out of the little kid phase. Cause mm-hmm. I coach moms of young kids. Like, what does that even mean? It's all relative, right?
1: Right. <laughs> sure So
0: 10 might sound young to people who have older kids, but 10 mm-hmm. sounds like, Oh, like, what's that like? being Yeah. 10 does adult. seem
1: a little bit old to me. Cause like yeah. I can, he can walk to his friend's house now mm-hmm. or ride his bike there. Yeah. I don't have to make sure that he's not going to die at every corner. So yeah, he's definitely on the older side in my perspective.
0: And then the youngest is five yeah so five
1: still, still needs cool. a lot of a lot of supervision <laughs> but she is, is she in kindergarten she is yeah. and she escaped kindergarten oh. she came home holy <laughs> and i was like what oh, no. why are you here oh, no. <laughs> so, do they walk to school then so at least <laughs> yeah we don't live very far from my school but still it's it's yeah. too far for her to have walked by herself uh-huh. and it's across a busy road so it's like oh my god what is happening oh, no. but she didn't want to be clipped down and you know how they have like the clip thing for like the behavior. Like if you're doing uh, a bad behavior, you get clipped down or whatever. Oh, interesting. And I don't think she understood what happens. And she thought like, like you were just done. And she's like, I don't know what that means. So I better leave before I get clipped all the way down. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> We've since explained it to her and it's all better, but that was a fun surprise earlier this year.
0: Yeah. Goodness. Kindergarten is an adjustment. It really is. So Okay. So this is what I want to talk to Candace about because she's so good at this. Um, Cause we talk on here about believing that you are a good mom. What I think that means is that you are inherently a good mom. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we don't believe that because our brain thinks that every little thing we do or don't do makes us a terrible mom. Right. <laughs> and so I'm, my brain still does that, even though mm-hmm. I've been trying nice. to believe I'm a good mom, but it's not like, so basically like we have this huge long list of expectations, right. Which turn into rules and our brain just has rules from the conditioning that it's received mm-hmm. its whole yeah. life. Right. Totally. <laughs> and, um, and then you and I both, I think we work a lot with our clients on breaking the rules. <laughs> so you've mm-hmm. realizing- at least
1: questioning them, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So run with that then questioning the rules.
1: Yeah. Cause you want to make sure that you know where the rule came from. And decide on purpose if you like it. And you're not just doing it because somebody else said that maybe you should. Yeah. You want to like hold the rule in your hand for a minute and look at it and be like, is this the way that I want to run my life? Sometimes you'll pick to keep keep the rule. And that's fine. We just want to make sure that you first know what it is and second that you picked it. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's what I always say is who made up this rule anyway? Mm -hmm. What happens if you don't do that?
1: That's what I love to ask my people. If you don't do that rule. Then what occurs, and most often the answer is well, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so I know it, it gives us some no flexibility to question: Do I want to keep operating off of this or not? Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think especially growing up, like in the church with the, the commandments or the
1: standards mm-hmm. or
0: whatever, we just have a very black and white in our brains that like we're just supposed to obey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and luckily the, it seems like the next generation, the rising generation. Has it a little bit figured out that you can question things, yes, and um, and see if they actually make any sense versus just. And over. if we
1: look in the scriptures, it actually does tell you to do that, right? Mm-hmm. We just
0: don't believe that part, I guess.
1: Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, but yeah. yeah we like don't really course- believe in this agency thing, right? Because the true obedience, if we are going to be obedient to whatever rules we pick, has to come with an actual choice. And if we haven't considered it and been like, where does that come from? How does that fit for me and my values? If we haven't done that process, we're not really choosing and we're not really being obedient because we're just kind of like blindly following. Yeah. So give me some specific examples of what we're even
0: talking about. You can do.
1: So like in the marriage world, like there's lots of versions of I'm supposed to make him happy. Right. I'm supposed to cook this. I'm supposed to say that. I'm not supposed to say this. I am supposed to wear this kind of clothes or this sexy thing or whatever. Like, I'm supposed to do all these things to make him happy. There's even whole books about it, like The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands. Right. That's a book that's out there in the world. And it's basically just a list of rules that somebody has put together that we're supposed to serve our husbands. And of course, we want to serve our husbands. Obviously, that's why we got married. And serve your husband, you get to decide what that means and what the limits are for you. And we don't just have to like, let everything come in and say, yep, that means that I always have the laundry done and that I always have a hot meal on the table and that I always have sex when he wants to, or whatever else it is. Mm -hmm. You just want to make sure what does my definition of serve him mean? Not my sister's, not my mom's, not the relief study presidents or whoever. Exactly. Yep.
0: And so when we slow it down and look at what we expect of ourselves it's absolutely unbelievably ridiculous it's impossible possible uh, at yeah. the least yeah
1: and even when we know that we're like yeah I'm still gonna try though I know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I won't make my sister do it I totally get if she doesn't do it and I get mm-hmm. it if my friends don't I would never ask them to yeah but I'm still gonna go for it which is just good for us to know like there must be some reason that we still think something really bad happens or something is gonna occur if we don't. And we wanna figure out what's what's driving that. What's up, what's my fear around this if I don't do it?
0: Yeah. And like we find in coaching a lot, we when we dig down deeper what we're making it mean. In my case, it's almost always that I'm a terrible mom. <laughs> Mm -hmm. like the reason why we feel like we need to make sure that they have that hot meal for dinner and and Mm -hmm. whatever all the things are is because if we don't then we're a terrible mom yeah and so that's why I like to just bust it all with like you are a good mom and now what do you even want to do like do you want to cook that meal because if it doesn't like your worth doesn't depend on that meal then you can Mm -hmm. just do whatever you want (laughs) and it's okay and that doesn't mean that we're gonna just do whatever we want as in like just let it all go because really the pressure of like oh i have to take care of my kids in this specific way or my husband is what like actually keeps us from doing it totally. and it's been absolutely like it just sounds like theory when we talk about it but i literally have done this like i dropped all the expectations and just mm-hmm. believed that i am a good mom no matter what and then
1: turns out i actually do do the things right cuz you're that, not fighting not like a one and done. Yeah. Say that one yeah you're not fighting against yourself to be like, I'm proving this thing or not. So we're not spending any energy on proving some arbitrary standards. So we can actually spend our energy doing the things that are going to make us connected to our family Yeah. when we're not disconnecting from ourselves. And I sometimes tell people, I'm like, listen, I am a terrible mom. Sometimes I do make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And even when I make mistakes, I'm still fine. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. Which also is another way to alleviate that pressure of like, I have to, support myself always and like think that I'm an amazing person always because we want to acknowledge it sometimes we do things we'd rather not do. and that's still okay,
0: yeah. and that's what I mean by that. and that's still okay means like, and I am a good mom. like yeah. I'm at my core and I'm also yes. woman, and I for sure make mistakes. and I for sure do not mm-hmm. look from the outside in like literally my windows are big. You can see mm-hmm. from the outside in but <laughs> mm-hmm. there's no good mom going on in here from mm-hmm. all like, in like the long list, you know. Yes. Like, yes. If you come drive by my house when we're trying to get the kids out the door. You can tell I'm like fuming around like a crazy person, and that doesn't mean I'm a terrible mom. No. So I am a good mom, and I make mistakes, and mm-hmm. I do a bunch of terrible stuff. But it doesn't mean that I am terrible. Mm-hmm. It like disconnecting that in my brain made all the difference.
1: Totally. And the reason we're doing it, we're doing air quotes, if you can't see the terrible things (laughs) is like, it's not really, it means that you have some need going on. that's not being met and you're trying to meet it in a way that doesn't really work. And so when we look at the behavior, like let's say we are yelling at our kids when we're running out the door. Okay. What did I need in that moment? Cause I needed something Mm -hmm. that's not, how I would normally act. That's not the way I want to be, but I didn't act that way because there's some need in me that's being unmet. And if I can look at my yelling kindly, what did I need right then? Did I need more time? Did I need more help? Did I need like less judgment from myself? Mm -hmm. If you can figure out what that need was and you can get it met in a different way. And then the the terrible behavior will subside on its own when you're taking better care of yourself.
0: Yeah, for sure. So
1: good. And that's what coaches help you do. Cause that's yep, kind of hard to day. figure
0: out on your own sometimes. It is
1: really hard to see it when you're in your own head, because it's just so soupy and dark. You're so close to it. You can't really see. Yeah. yeah. And we're so in the habit, like you were saying before, of just really judging ourselves and having that list and wondering who's watching us and all of that. We're just in the habit of doing that. And so it's helpful to have an outside perspective, say, Hey, let's question this belief that you've been squishing yourself with.
0: Yeah. So what are some of those beliefs Cause I want to just bust them all and just say, believe that you are a good mom, but we really do have to like, look at the, what we are believing right now that's keeping us from believing the new.
1: Yeah. I mean, things like my needs are need to come last. Like I can only take care of myself if everybody else and everyone else is taken care of already. If everything's done, then I can take care of myself, which everything is never done ever. And so if we believe that belief, we're never going to start taking care of ourselves, which means that we're going to get burnt out and resentful. So that's one. Mm -hmm. Also, like, that our value and our worth is dependent on what other people think of us. Mm -hmm. Many women are taught to believe that. I want to make sure everyone doesn't think that I'm a jerk or that I'm selfish or that I'm stuck up or like I need to make sure people don't think that about me, especially Mm -hmm. not my husband. He can't ever think anything like that about me. So I'm going to run around running myself ragged so that they won't think I'm mean or selfish or something. Yeah. And once we've worked on that for a while, like, okay, fine. I don't care what
0: the neighbors think. I still care what my kids think. And back to trying to make your husband happy. Mm -hmm. What a myth that we think that we're supposed to make our kids happy. What a
1: joke. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Or that we even can, right? Anybody who has more than one kid knows that you could make something for dinner beautiful, put a lot of effort into it. One of your kids is going to love it and be so excited and other kids can hate it.
0: Yeah. And And I'm pretty sure some kid in the middle is not going to care at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you just have one kid, they might like it today, but they won't like it tomorrow. (laughs) Right.
1: So it's like, it's not actually even possible to make our kids feel happy.
0: Well, yeah. And it's literally not possible because we know our feelings come from our thoughts. And so I can't control as much as I try. Yeah, totally. (laughs) They're going to think what they're going to think. And you never know what kids are thinking.
1: (laughs) Yep. And they're going to think something different now than they did yesterday and tomorrow. And yeah. And
0: why is happy the goal even in the first place? Like it's okay for them to feel all the feels, but anyway, yeah, carry on. I interrupt
1: No, just to build on that, like I've I've actually trained myself to think, I like when they're upset around me. This Mm -hmm. is a good thing because I don't want them to be upset for the first time when they're like off in their college dorm, a hundred miles away from me. Mm -hmm. I want them to develop the skill of supporting themselves through disappointment, frustration, you know, difficulties while I'm right here to help them with it, Mm -hmm. which kind of helps me like not be afraid of their feelings because I'm like, oh good. This is like push-ups. We're gonna do emotional push-ups while you figure out how to be disappointed. So then when you get broken up with in college, you'll have a little bit more skill with it. Or when you fail a class or or whatever, we're gonna yeah. practice it on the small things here. Just because I want you to have that skill moving forward in your life.
0: Yeah, totally. And then a lot of moms make it mean something about them when their kids, you know, like, why
1: are they so well-behaved for their
0: teachers? But they're a wreck for me. And I, again, I like that as a good sign that they're comfortable at home, that they're, they're feeling comfortable enough to express their feelings. And that I have the opportunity to help them learn how to deal with them because they were so good for their teacher all day. They've just been stuffing, stuffing, stuffing their feelings and they've got to dump it all over somebody. Yeah. (laughs) I'm happy to, Sometimes, sometimes I'm happy to be that safe place for them to.
1: Yeah, and we are happy to do it a lot of the time, and it's okay if we're not happy to do it. We're like, yeah. oh, this is a part of motherhood where I kind of wish I didn't have to today. Mm-hmm. And I can say yes to it or no. I can be like, listen, we're gonna have to just. Mommy needs a break. I'm gonna go in another room for a little bit. I can't. You can't talk to me that way right now. Is an okay thing for us to say to our kids sometimes.
0: Yeah, and as we're still learning as adults, that we don't have to actually take out our feelings on. Totally. People. And so the yeah. more we learn that for ourselves, like that's why I like to focus on because mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a parenting coach, but I really actually am just a, like, let's regulate ourselves instead of yes. focusing on trying to make our kids behave so that we can feel better. Let's just feel better on our own while yes. they are being kids. Yes, because
1: yes, when you're regulated in your own emotional experience, it's actually really calming for everyone around you. Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's a smart way to approach it
0: and we're really fighting nature because those mirror neurons are the real deal (laughs) and so when you're in a house of littles and the the you know the toddler tantrums are happening all around you welcome to adult tantrums all along Mm -hmm. and so yes so to just have the grace for yourself and the self-compassion that like your brain is working how brains are supposed to work Mm -hmm. and we're swimming upstream here (laughs) yes it's all good
1: and you're still a good mom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's useful to define like what is a good mom. And I always like to tell people to make, or what is a good wife in my case and make the list pretty short and make the list something that you can focus like on completely on you. Something like I love my husband is a, one of the things that I might say is a good, makes me a good wife which means like I offer love to him as often as I can, whether or not he receives it or like interprets it the way that I want him to interpret it is up to him. So it's not, my husband feels loved. It's I offer love and then he can take it or not. And if I'm offering love as much as I can, even if I'm taking a break from him and I'm like cooling off somewhere, if I'm trying to think loving thoughts about him, then that makes me a good wife. Yeah. Not, he feels satisfied. He feels loved. He feels taken care of because I'm not in charge of that. And same thing with kids. And it's impossible. Yeah, yeah it's totally yeah. impossible. You just want to offer this is what I think it is to be a good mom. I'm going to give it to you as often as I can. And then I know that you may or may not take it, kid, yeah. and that's okay.
0: Yeah. So back to that list of rules or expectations or whatever, you know, like to define what is a good mom is kind of where we mm-hmm. start and we write it all down. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, I have to pick like one to three things that we're going to focus on because the list is yeah. like ridiculously long. And so we can focus on those one to three things, but always with the idea that those don't even make you a good mom. Like, it's just who you inherently are because your desire tells you who you are. Like, if you desire to be a mom, then you are. A, and like, God made us, God is good. He said, it is good. Like when he created us, like we are good. It's who we are. And then we're also in this mortal probation totally. <laughs> sometimes. Yes. and uh, And so yes, there's things that we can focus on to like quote unquote improve or get better or whatever just things that we want like a skill that we want to develop I'd like to have that skill of thinking loving thoughts of my husband more often but mm-hmm. it doesn't like make me a better wife I just am good and I'm also trying to develop and that's the whole point of this life is to grow and yeah. develop that's how I like sometimes the
1: better. brain likes to have and everybody listening please try it on for yourself and see if this works for you or not but what I find is that sometimes it's nice to have a benchmark because when we don't have like some sort of criteria, our brains just defaults to that super long list. Right. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, if I'm feeling like a bad mom, I'm just going to ask myself, did I think loving thoughts about my kids? Did I try to think loving <laughs> about whatever you put on your, whatever you put on your list and then say, okay, if I didn't, then let me back up a little bit. What am I not loving about myself? That's making it hard for me to offer love for someone else. Yeah. And it's probably because I'm telling myself I'm a terrible mom or that I'm having all these judgments about myself. So let's clean that up. And then it's going to be easier to have compassion for them because we have compassion for ourselves first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And if you choose to make a list, When you make that really big, long list of whatever it is to be a good mom or a good wife, you got to go through it and cross off everything that's not 100% in your control. Mm So if it's like, my kids all graduate from high school, Mm -hmm. cross it off the list. Mm -hmm. That's not 100% in your control. You want to say something else instead, like I offer them educational opportunities. I drive them to school. I make books available. I make, you know, like you make the tools available for them and then whether or not they take them,
0: it's going to be up to them. Yeah. Even just all the way down to their dinner. Like you just said, I put it in front of them. They (laughs) they eat it.
1: So anything that's not 100% in your control, if I am, and I think Emily would agree with me, we can just give ourselves permission to not count that towards how to measure ourselves at all. Yeah. It's unfair to us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And our brains like to have something to measure. Right. Like you said. And even when you said, like, um, if the one thing on your list is to, like, be loving towards your husband, it's like, let's get something like more specific, (laughs) you know, that even that is like that our brains go wild with this unconscious expectation list of just what that even means.
1: Yeah, because sometimes being loving means I walk away from you and don't talk to you for a while. That is sometimes the most loving thing to do. So you're right. You want to be really specific about what loving means. And loving means mostly like, how am I feeling in my body? Am I feeling connected to myself enough that I can make decisions that are going to move forward in a way that I like with any relationship I have? And sometimes that means we're going to pull back from it just for a minute because that's the most loving thing to do in the moment.
0: Yeah. It's so fun to interview lots of different kinds of coaches like that do different um, niches, I guess, you know, like yours is marriage or different, whatever, because it all comes down to (laughs) self-love, you know, every time matter what area you're being coached on, Mm -hmm. if you want to improve your relationship with your kids, like you got to improve your relationship with yourself, improve your relationship with your husband, Yourself, it always is. We can't give more love than we even feel for ourselves. And we would never, ever talk to anyone else the way we talk to ourselves. And so it's always to like clean up our own thoughts towards ourselves. We'll just naturally think more loving thoughts towards others. If we're feeling too judgmental of somebody, it's probably because we're just judging ourselves all the time. 100%. Right. So, mm-hmm. In theory, like working on either of them will help the other, but for sure, like <laughs> our foundation of our own relationship. But
1: yeah, okay. totally. Anything else, your any wisdom you want to impart before we? I don't think so. I think just the more you can stay connected to yourself, And be honest, tell yourself the truth about what you're feeling. I'm feeling like really upset. For example, I probably have a good reason for feeling upset. I'm going to not judge the upset long enough to figure out what it's about and then figure out a way to take care of me. And that's going to make me more connected with everyone around me. But first, I just have to be honest with myself without saying, well, I'm not supposed to think that about my kids or I'm not supposed to be doing that. Because when we hide the truth from ourselves, it just makes it harder to do anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we have to be a safe place for our own feelings first. It's <laughs> yeah. the
1: hardest part really
0: a lot of the time. Yeah, for sure.
1: Okay, Candice, tell everybody where they can get more of you. And we yeah, it so you can go to com. It's Candice with an I, Tune with an E, and you can read all about what I'm doing there. If you're interested, um, I am running a book club starting next month. Um, you can get a free copy of my book, wife on purpose. It tells you all about the things you can start doing right now to have the marriage that you really wanted. You can just download it from my website totally for free. And then we're having, um, from the 5th through the 8th of December, we're having a book club where we can discuss all of it and get some coaching around your marriage. If you want, just to kind of get a taste awesome. of what it's like.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And check that out for sure. Free copy of your book. Way fun. Yeah. So fun. Awesome is that that you wrote a book
1: and, um, Emily asked me, cause I know that you coach, um, young people with young kids. So there's not an e cop there's not an audio copy of the book yet, but I do read it portions of it on my podcast. So if you just want to oh, get snippets, you can listen there if you don't want to read. Yeah. And your
0: podcast is called the Enjoy, enjoy Your Marriage. Your Marriage. Yeah. So fun. enjoy capital joy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Awesome. So good. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Candace. Yeah. It's great to talk to you. Thanks for having me.